All right, it is a Monday, and this is Blair and Barker. Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Toronto Blue Jays have gone through the month of April. One game into May. Kevin Barker, they're 15-8 after yesterday's 3-2 win over the Houston Astros. They've got the Yankees coming in for the first of three tonight. The Yankees are hotter than hotter than hot. Nine and two in one-run games are the Blue Jays. 14-0 and in games leading after seven innings. No Tay Oscar. He may be back, we're led to believe, on the weekend. No Danny Jansen still. Uh, Bo Bichette. Maybe, fingers crossed, snapping out of it, snapping out of a, a month-long funk, if you want to call it that. Um, and two-fifths of the starting rotation are, shall we say, to be polite, a work in progress. One is on the DL and the other is, is a work in progress. So surprised that they are where they are right now? No, I, look, I, I say that with a with a with a smile when I say no. Mm-hmm. I, I I think to to be a good team and and think that you're going to win the American League East with three other teams that are just as good as you are. Now, some of the a couple of those teams are going through some hiccups, which is what you do throughout an entire season is how you handle those and how you come back from them. And I'm sure that the, the Rays and the Red Sox are going to figure some things out, and they're going to be right there at the end of the season. But to do this. Mindset. Yeah, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be there at the end Maybe, of the season. Can uh, we just eliminate the Red Sox right now? No, they're they Red, stink. Red, Red Sox. Will, you know, they're they're going to be the Red Sox. They, they might not win ninety five games, but they're going to be hard to beat. They're going to be tough to beat going into Fenway. They're going to have some runs. They got a pretty good manager. Uh, you know, they they got enough older players there who don't want to stink, and they're going to figure some things out. And their lineup is something. And they're just not making pitches and, and catching the ball the way they supposed to, should be catching it most of the time. So I, I have I think I have a little bit more confidence in the Red Sox than you do, just because it's the Red Sox. But back to your question, uh, I, I think it's when you have a really good closer, which is a big deal when you've taken that, taken care of that situation and figured out all those things, how to throw more strikes and and do it with confidence and be able to have a routine enough that you're going to maintain all the stuff that you need to maintain. Jordan Romano coming into games and the stuff is there every time you see him. He, he's he's got that. And George Springer, you know, you you've said this many times and we'll say it again. With him in the lineup, they're just a different team. They they look different, the feel's different, they act different, uh, their defense is different, even when he's in right field. And and he can put people, you know, to get him <laughs> to have him not diving all over the place, which it didn't happen yesterday. He had to make a really good play in the ninth inning to to basically save that game for the Blue Jays. But He's sort of the X factor, and well, what can we say about their starting pitching? The, the big three right-handers are something to be reckoned with. They and and we haven't seen the best out of Brios yet. He's no. still trying to figure spin and and mechanics, and, and he'll be fine. And getting it out in front and consistently throwing strike one. He's trying to trying to still figure all those kind of things out. But the other two guys, yeah, Kevin Gossman is is. I mean, what do you what do you say after another another outing from Kevin Gossman yesterday? 41 strikeouts, no walks so far. Uh, he had one three-ball count yesterday to Alvarez, I believe. Yes, in the fourth inning. Um, he's got like five. He's at 
he's had he had he's had six now, I believe, six three ball counts. And when you look at the teams they're facing or the teams they've faced, you know, the Red Sox and the Yankees, we like to think of those as teams and the Astros too. Those are teams that are pretty polished offensive teams. There are teams that can work pitchers. There are teams that can give you a long at bat. Granted, the Red Sox are, they're not really doing much right now offensively, but they still grind. You know, they'll still, they'll still grind out there at bats. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I was on uh, the morning show today, and, and I was asked about this this front three of this rotation and sort of where it might stack up with others. And, you know, I admit I wasn't here in 92, 93 when the Jays were winning World Series. I was in Montreal then, but they had pretty good rotation. You know, the Jays, there, there are, I know there are, there are fans out there who think that nothing happened between 1994 and 2015, but there was a whole bunch of baseball played in between. Sure. And Carpenter, Escobar, and Halliday were, you know, at one point that was a pretty dynamic, it was a pretty dynamic trio. Um, a lot of people just seem to forget about Escobar and Carpenter, which I don't know why, but I will say this, based on what I've seen so far, this trio has the potential to be uh, to be right up there, certainly with with the staffs of '92 and '93, who were different. I understand there were some changes made then. Um, those staffs were different, but yeah, I mean Kevin Gossman has been just remarkable. I, I, I would be- I, Kevin. I, Kevin, I don't worry. I don't know the last time the Jays have had a starting pitcher, maybe rather than Roy Halladay. I just don't worry when he's in the game. I got no worry. Sort of, they got three of them now. For for me, anyway. I I know the Barrios. Uh, some guys and some fans are gonna are gonna worry about him a little bit with spin rate and how hard he throws and where where the sinkers at. The two seamer sort of morphed a, the, into listen, a couple of different things. The dude is a horse. He is. And as good as Gossman is right now, do not be surprised if by the end of the year Jose Barrios is right there with him. Don't be surprised. Yeah, maybe. I, I went. I went back to to look at Kevin Gosman's first half and his second half, and and I I just find it hard to believe that he had the first half that he had, and then he had the second half yesterday. We we didn't hear anything about dead arm. We didn't hear anything about stuff went south. You mean second velocity. half last year? Right. Yeah. Velocity wasn't there. Uh, it almost make you wonder. Now I'm I'm just throwing this in the air. As much as they talk about tipping pitches and and giving away things, he might have been doing that a little last in, year in, in, in the second half last yeah. year and. It's just if that's the case with how hard he's throwing now and the way he can throw the split finger and now he's sprinkling in hitting, the change up to left and the slider. Did you to, expect 98? Did, I did you not. expect to see 98 from him? He's 96-97 consistently. He got it up to 98 again, uh, the fourth inning against Alvarez. Like he picks his spots to hit 98. He picks his spots to hit nine, but I didn't. I didn't expect that. I did not expect that type of velo. I'm, I'm, I'm almost a little confused to the way hitters are attacking him early in counts. Why would you go up and take a fastball? Oh, oh, that makes zero what? sense to me. Think, think about wouldn't this. You, for, wouldn't you swing at the first fastball well, you well, see? I, I mean, it, this is the educated guess time, right. or the, the time for hitters to to try and guess along with with pitchers. We see that all the time with the Blue Jays. Name a guy, and they're doing it sometime in a bad, trying to guess along. Sometimes you have to do that. It's not going to work all the time. But why would you, against Kevin Gosman, oh, oh, 
Now think about this. If you're a right-handed hitter and I'm just thinking about standing on the on-deck circle and I've looked at all the video and I've gotten all these numbers thrown at you that this is when he throws that split finger and, and this is what people are doing to it, which is nothing. I mean, he had, what did he have yesterday? He had 22 swing and misses. 14 of those were outside the zone. If I just know that stat and I'm the next team facing him and I'm thinking to myself, if not all of those are off the split finger, why am I going to try and hit that? So my educated guess would be, oh, oh, what am I looking for? If I'm right-handed, he tends to flip a get-me-over slider. He'll occasionally throw the split finger if there's a runner in scoring position. Right. he got to get nasty. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm getting nasty with <laughs> you. Gets it right and away. you're going to get three or four of them in a row. But normally, early in games, late in games, he's going to give you a fastball or he's going to give you the little get-me-over slider. And he ain't nibbling. It's no. here it is. See if you can hit it. Now, that's why I get back to the tipping of the pitches and I wonder second half last year and knowing Pete Walker the way I know him and and just the little things that he does to get you to where you need to go when it comes to being that sort of baseball player and thinking along that, okay, why why did it look the way it looked in the second half? It's not your stuff. The velocity was there. The break on the split finger was there. Maybe it's something else. So maybe that's something that they've corrected. If they've corrected that, mm -hmm. that will maybe tell you why OO early in counts that it's almost impossible to guess along with him. That's the one thing that stands out to me, some good hitters that take a lot of four-seamers center cut. I'm not talking outer third. No, it's... I'm talking center cut. Now, it is, you've said, the last couple of starts, it's geared up there 97, 98. He's giving it to you, but he ain't nibbling with it. And I, that just gives goes back to the credit of everything he's done in the offseason. And, and as nasty as that one pitch is, and I'll say it, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that's the best pitch in baseball. His split finger, they can he can say it's coming and they still can't hit it. And he can tell good hitters it's coming. And that will tell you that, you know, he, everything that goes into release point to get it to the out of the glove, out to the release point is he's doing it the right way. It's impossible to pick up. I just noticed whenever there's a runner on second base and you can actually see the grip in his in his hand from his glove, mm -hmm. it looks like he's he's clawing it. Like there's it looks sort of like he's he's put it in a you know, some guys throw a circle change up. Yeah. He he throws his <laughs> split finger like that where he'll I can't even do it, but he'll split his fingers really far apart, and he'll do the circle change. Obviously, his fingers a little bit further apart mm -hmm. than I can get them, but that's sort of the way it looks if you've noticed. And pay attention to that if you're a fan. It's kind of cool. A runner on second base, that's when they're you know they're, they're starting to, oh, no, there's a runner on second base. I may be giving th some things away, and it's just funny to look at his glove, and it looks like, and it looks like he throws it from there which is obviously he doesn't because it's a fastball mm -hmm. and it's 97. He's nasty. Like, it's 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 simple. It's quick. He throws strikes. He hasn't walked anybody, which is unbelievable. He, he's, he's a, he is a power stuff guy. He ain't nibbling. And to have no, to have no walks and have no home runs given up as much as he pounds his own, as many swing and misses he gets, it's, it's special stuff. All right, we've got to talk about a, a bunch of things ahead of the Yankee series. We'll be joined by John Heyman and Joe Siddle. Excuse me, by the way. And Dante Bichette's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, formerly a Blue Jays assistant. Uh, he's still Bo's father. So we'll talk to him about uh, maybe some of the things he's he's seen or isn't seeing with Bo. Bo yesterday, by the way, uh, a home run. Um, and uh, I think with... 
with Bo, Kevin, we've talked about sort of looking for signs that he's coming out of it. Now, I, I said yesterday, I thought it, it was it was interesting seeing the Astros in town this weekend against the Jays because we also got to see Kyle Tucker. And at the start of last week, you know, a lot of the 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 a lot of the national articles that were being written and you generally get to this point around the end of a month, the guys are starting to write about, okay, who's scuffling, who isn't. And there was a list, there was an article, a list of talented hitters that had gotten off to slow starts. And, you know, what is your comfort level in saying that they were about to turn the corner? Well, Kyle Tucker was right there with Bo Bichette. Now in a week, Kyle Tucker's completely flipped the narrative. He's, uh, you know, I mentioned yesterday, he gets that ball that bounces down third base, ticks off the bag, and is fair. You know you're hot when that's happening. And it's just, it's a sign how quickly things can change in this game for good hitters. And yesterday, Bo, line drive to the shortstop, 111 miles an hour, line drive to the shortstop. He hits the home run. Uh, you know, we, we've started to see uh, semblances of an approach going to the opposite field, right? Even Even the game... Uh, even the uh, 11-7 loss when he, in which he was 0 for 5, he had two fly balls to right field. So is your sense that we're starting to see Bo come out of it? And could that home run be the the thing that, that ignites him? Bo, Bo going to the opposite field is, for me, not on purpose. That, that He's going to the opposite field because he's an inside-out guy. The, the hands go first, the barrel's the last thing you see, and he's trying to think right-center. And that's why the ball is, he's letting it travel. And, you know, the, the, the approach he has with his lower half, when you open up your front side and you lose your front hip and you're trying to get the barrel in the hitting zone by dropping the back elbow and getting it in way back here, sometimes that's when you catch baseballs. You're catching mm-hmm. them on your back leg, you know, on the inside of your back leg instead of out front which is Pat Tabler talks about that all the time, sometimes trying to catch it more a little bit out in front. In front. See, I don't see that. I, I see a guy that swings too, at, at too many balls. That, that for me is, Bo, when you talk about anything that it takes to be a hitter in 2022, he's got it. Bat speed, hand-eye coordination, launch angle uh, with an inside-out swing. Uh, getting it, do they always talk about how quickly can I get the barrel in the hitting zone and he does it better than most people because of that. I open up my front side. I land with an open front side. My, he, when he lands with his front foot, it's facing the shortstop. It's it's not like he's closing himself off like a Lourdes does right. because he wants to hit on a firm front side. Bo doesn't want to do that. That's what I said. The ball's going the other way. That's not on purpose. That's just he's a natural th- product of his thinking right center. But because of the way he gets his barrel in the hitting zone, which is way back here, sometimes he makes contact on balls that are right down the middle closer to his back leg than he does his front leg. And that's just so happens where the baseball goes. For me, it's – I know he's had conversations, and, and you see him with the iPad. You saw him yesterday. He would beat on the on the bench, and he'd throw his hands yeah, in the Yeah, I air. thought yesterday was like your basic – was that yesterday was Bo's, Bo's year summed up. The uh, the air, the home run, the you know reaction in the dugout to – the camera shot we had of him looking at the iPad and then kind of you know slamming his his hand down on his on a, on his thigh and 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 the real the real frustration you saw, uh, but I mean that's Bo right that's see if I'm his friend I tell Bo. him I tell him leave the iPad alone you're you're not going to gain anything it's just going to make you matter 
when you go over there and you watch it, because basically what he looked to me like anyway, he'd gotten a pitch that he thought he should have hammered, right. and something that he's been working on in the cage is not working again, and now when you go to the, your next at bat, what do you do? I'm more worried about what I didn't do in my last at bat instead of going up and getting a good pitch to hit. And I can tell you, from a guy that used to try and stay in the big leagues, it's all about what you swing at. It's And, and sometimes more than Sometimes it's about what you don't swing at. And for me, he, he's way too aggressive early in counts. I get the aggression. I get who you are and what you think you can be. And the year that you had last year, doing it the way you're trying to do it now. But if I'm a pitcher and I'm thinking to myself, why would I throw him a strike? I don't have to. He get himself out. I, I can I can make it look like a strike. I'm good enough that I can start it on the outside corner and have it diving four, five, six inches off the plate, and I know he's going to swing at it. I don't have to make a, a great pitch to him. I can make a decent pitch. And for me, when Bo starts, it's not his mechanics. Again, he's got the big leg kick. He's done it since he was a baby. It's not like he just started doing this yesterday. So he understands what it feels like when it's good, when it's bad. He knows how to fix it quicker. And he's got all these people saying, do it this way, do it that way. And if you don't do it this way, everything else will sort of fall in place. They got it all figured out. So it's not that. Now it's a progression of can I go up and not think that I can cover every quadrant of the strike zone and in about four inches off the plate, four inches above the plate, four inches in off the plate, and balls at my shoe tips. I, you just can't do that. Even Bo can't do that. He, he, he just Guys are too good. They throw too hard. The breaking ball breaks too late. You're just not going to be able to consistently do that, and your slumps are going to last longer. So for me, yesterday, if, if he could take anything away from that, that look at the two at-bats, he hit the ball hard. The ball was up and away. It was on the plate as a strike. The ball that he lined out the shortstop, that's a strike. The two outs that he got were balls. Yeah. So the strike, the, the strikeout that he had in his last at-bat, the ball went in close. So a nasty guy coming out of the bullpen, got a guy, harder thrower coming in, more breaking balls, break harder, later break on the breaking balls, and they know that you're a very aggressive hitter, and you will get yourself out. They don't have to make a quality pitch. So – for me, it's just, it's real simple. Stop with the iPads, which he's not going to because that's the way it is. You want to run over there and see what you did wrong. Me, I never wanted to know what I did wrong till the game was over because all I would do is think about it. And every single at-bat that I was a part of after I figured out what I was what I was doing wrong, maybe he, he's able to do that. Uh, he's, a, he's a special guy anyway. Maybe he can do things that other people can't do when it comes to the mental side of the game. But... Take some positive away of just those were good pitches to hit. And when I got them, where did they go? I hammered them. Today is the day, of course, that rosters go down to 26 from 28. The Jays optioned Gosuke Kato and Bowden Francis to AAA Buffalo yesterday. Um, Kevin Biggio is on the COVID IL. I don't think that counts against your 40, uh, counts against it. Mm. 40 man, does it? Mm. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, so, Ghostke Kato and, and Bowden Francis both going down to Buffalo. Ghostke Kato, I would argue, has certainly shown the Jays enough that they will have no hesitation bringing him up in the event of an injury to somebody else. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but I think in the brief snippets that we saw of him, we saw a guy who does some things that would be very useful to a good club in the eighth and ninth inning of games. And, I, I mean, I was frankly really impressed with his defense at first base. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, like, I like some of the components that are kind of on the edges of this team right now. I'm really, I'm fascinated to see what this team is going to look like when Teoscar comes back and, 
and 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 Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen is back. Uh, another day, another hit for Santiago Espinal. Uh, bottom of the order again. A going concern for this team. Maybe uh, uh, Espinal. I've said this to you, and, I'll, and I just mentioned that we just talked five minutes about Bo getting a good pitch to hit. It's about count leverage. Every good hitter will say that. Every, especially now with all the hard throwers and as few times as you face starting pitcher, even the guy coming out of the bullpen, you're gonna get one chance at him, and you really got to get and count leverage. And what that means is, like Espinal's at bat yesterday, got he he got ahead one zero. And then he got a slider that started as a strike and ends up as a ball. That's a pitcher's pitch. Mm-hmm. That pitcher's trying to get you to chase that. He wants you to get to 1-1 instead of 2-0. He takes that pitch. It's 2-0. Now I'm hitting at the bottom of the order in the seven hole. I'm thinking to myself, it won't walk me. He going to come right after me. I'm a little dude. That's an ed- educated guess. That's count leverage. Now everything from the ground up is working the way it's supposed to be working, and I could be more on time because I'm thinking along. I just laid off a good pitcher's pitch to get count leverage, and when I'm getting it, because my swing is short and sweet and compact. It's compact now. That, that for me, is what the strength in his lower half has done. It's made his swing shorter. It's not so much out and around, which allows him to hit velocity. And when he's now getting in these count leverage counts, he can guess along with the pitcher. And he had that little short swing. Are you, are you concerned that in this series, and maybe to a certain degree, we've seen this earlier this year, although I tend to think it was just like, it was bad umpiring in general, uh, some games early in the year. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Vladdy's reputation. I'm surprised that a hitter with Vladdy's reputation has had some of the calls he's had go against him from home plate umpires. I'm, I'm, I mean, we know we listen. We understand. We understand what umpiring is all about. But Kevin, let's be honest. There's if you have a certain reputation i mean i don't care what anybody says you're you you you're umpired differently great players are umpired differently than than run-of-the-mill guys vladdy has seemed to be bothered by the strike zone in a couple of games uh we saw saturday charlie montoya got thrown now vladdy very rarely sort of does the slam in the bat down on the ground and you know the whole equipment thing but we saw that uh, we saw that on Saturday. Is there anything to that? Is it possible? Is it possible for bad strike zones, inconsistent strike zones, to put a hitter into a bit of a funk? But Vladdy, for me, is more frustrated about the fruition of his gather than he is about the umpires, about pitches earlier in, in at bats that he knows he should have hammered. The Astros didn't pitch around him for me. They came right after him. No, I mean, they, I can go back and tell you. They pitched around George Springer more than they did him by a couple their, of points. Their, Vladdy got a bunch of pitches that I know, Vladdy, if you walk up and ask him, uh, you know, if you would have had the the hand movement. When, when Vladdy struggles for me a little bit, it's the where is the barrel going with his fluition, and I talk about that because it is a fluition. When when he has the, check the, definition he has of the that gather word, with so. the front foot and the hands start to move, that's sort of, they sort of work together. And when his foot goes forward, his hands are supposed to go back a little bit, and the barrel ends up over his head. Well, right now it's not doing that, and it's playing catch-up, and you're starting to see he'll foul fastballs that are right down the middle over the first base dugout, and he's out and around. 
pitches. And I mean, he hits them hard because it's Vladdy. Vladdy can do things that other people can't do with a bat in his hand. But if you go back and look at a bunch of those pitches that he was taking, those are strikes. And you know me, I'd never take up for an umpire. I don't like any of them. But a lot of the balls that he was arguing over were missed spots. Guy would set up in, pitcher would miss down and away. They're still strikes. That, for me, is what he is because he understands if I'm missing one and I'm late, I know how they're going to try and get me out. They're going to try and crowd me now with two strikes. But they don't think because my my fruition is a little off and my hand movement is either getting down too low. It's like the more he waits when he's not on time, the hands go lower. Mm -hmm. And when they go lower, they have further to go back up, which – the barrel getting over that head. That's it. It's like that rubber band thing. The more you sort of turn that as a good hitter and you got more strength in your bottom hand and where your elbow's at, that's when you unleash the coil. And with his great hips, the way he can rotate is when he creates as much power and the ball comes off his bat second to none in baseball. Right now, it's not doing that. And he knows thinking along, catcher sets up in, you miss away, umpire shouldn't be able to give you that. Like, it's the big leagues. You should be able to hit your spots. If you don't, that should be a ball. They're not balls. They were strikes. But it's a accumulation right. of early in early in, in the at bat, I got a fastball middle away, thigh high, and I'm a little late on, I foul that off. And you can see him. He gives that little inside out where he's trying to hit it to right field. That's just direction of his hands. That's got nothing to do where he wants to hit the baseball. It's just he's a little late with where his hands are going up and down that he's thinking – you know, I, I'm 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 battling here, and he's what is he won for his last twenty in his in his last five games? That's that's called baseball. It really yeah. is baseball. Hitting a baseball is hard, and I we think these guys are robots, and they should always go out there and hammer baseballs just because it's Vladdy and it's Bo and it's and it's George Springer and it's Teoscar Hernandez now and it's Lourdes to an extent. And Matt Chapman, you could sort of throw in there because of the way he plays defense, and mm-hmm. we 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 think that he should offensively look exactly the way he looks defensively. These guys aren't robots. And you remember that those dudes that they're facing throw a bazillion miles an hour and like to throw the breaking ball first. It's sometimes you're going to get in some funks where you just, things aren't working. Like you just, you, you get out of whack and you're over there flipping iPads trying to figure it out. And then that mental part of it sort of kicks in and you're seeing it a little with Flatty. We see it a lot with Bo Springer, has been there and done it more than those two guys. You don't see it as much. They're going to figure it out. They're winning games. What did you say they were? 15 and? 15 and 8. That's pretty good with Vladdy one for 20. Bo looking the way Bo looks. No Tay Oscar. That ain't too bad. Yeah. And uh, as we mentioned, the Yankees are in town for the first of three tonight, which should be something. Joe Settle is our Blue Jays central analyst. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan. 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Heyman is a baseball columnist with the New York Post, also MLB Network Insider. He joins us at 11 o'clock. Dante Bichette at 11 30 as we get you set for tonight's first of three games between the Jays and the Yankees. Aaron Judge had a couple of home runs yesterday. The Yankees have won nine in a row as they come in to the Rogers Center. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> because you, you, every time you say nine in 
a row, I think of Orioles and Kansas City, not the Blue Jays. That's true. They have had a an easier schedule than the Blue Jays, but that has also allowed them to get a few things in order. I mean, it's easier to kind of figure out what you have and what you don't have when you're playing sometimes when you're playing weaker teams than when you're playing good teams. It's all about confidence, too. You, you run into those teams, you have success. That bleeds over into against good teams, but I guarantee you the Yankees aren't. I guarantee you the Yankees didn't come into Toronto last night and go, "Yeah, we won nine in a row." But I mean, they were against lousy teams. They're thinking, "No, we got nine in a row." They'll be coming in in a high, and uh, it'll be, you know, again this this first part of the schedule, the first month of this schedule has been tough. It was going to be tough for them to be where they are right now is something. Yeah, I'd look for David Phelps. Next two, next two, three games, look for him to be a, a big, big he arm. And a, it's, yeah, because the stripling, because if you say Kikuchi, yep. that might be the guy that comes in first and second, two outs, got to get a big, big out against one of the big guys in the middle of that order. He might be one that of those That is a good point. We're now at that spot in the Blue Jays' rotation. Mm. Ross Stripling, I, I will say I have more confidence in Ross Stripling than I do Hyunjin Ryu or Yusei Kikuchi right now. But Ross Stripling and Kikuchi. This this is where the offense needs to, needs to be a little needs to be a little bit better. This would be a nice night to well these next two games would be Tyone nice, and Montgomery. Be a nice night to put eight runs. Montgomery's up. been good. Breaking ball's been really good. I was giving up only one home run all year. He's you're going to have to have some better at bats. You're going to yep. have to swing at strikes. This is the time. Blue Jays need to start having some some quality at bats. Do we uh, have Joe with us? Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. We do. We have Joe Siddle, our Blue Jay Central analyst. How you doing, Joe? Good morning, gentlemen. All is well here. Very good. Very good. So, uh, three games against the Yankees coming up. What, what would you say the state of the Blue Jays is right now after that 3-2 win? You know, 15-8, and 9-2 in one-run games, 14-0 leading, 14-0, I should say, when leading after seven. Um Still a tough part of the schedule. Starting pitching three-fifths of it is good. Uh, what's the state of this team right now going into this, I would say, significant series? I'm not going to say it's big, but it's the Yankees. They're in a winning streak. You know, they're above you in the standings by a bit. I think it's a significant series. Well, we're hitting the end of that horrid stretch that we talked about, leaving spring training, right, These first this first month of an absolute grind, and you know, seen the Yankees. Now we'll see them the second time. They've seen Boston twice. They've seen Houston twice. So we knew going in this was going to be a, a tough stretch for the Blue Jays, and to be sitting where they are, I think they're in a great spot. And I think they've been carried by that, you know, the big three in the rotation, as you just noted, and the bullpen. I, I attribute a lot of times the one-run wins to having a good bullpen. If mm-hmm. you don't have a good bullpen, you're probably not going to win too many of those one-run games. A lot of times they're done late. Of course, there are outliers, outliers, and there there's chance, there's good fortune. Things do happen. Maybe you come back and you win an extras, whatever the case may be. But the bullpen has been very solid, and especially when you're handing it to the big boys the way they have been now. <laughs> Jordan Romano, I don't know uh, what he did in the offseason, but I hope he's ready for uh, six months of this because, wow, he's getting worked. And that's back-to-back days now. i got to believe we're no matter what tonight, I can't imagine you're going to see him. So, they'll have to have the other guy step up and, you know, Jimmy Garcia had his little hiccup there, but uh, all in all, I think that bullpen's in very good shape, which is just where you want it. And I, I still have no doubts guys that yeah, it's been a horrible month for, for the lineup, but 
I just think this lineup is still going to hit, and they've been uh, they've been the recipients of facing some some pretty decent pitching early on when you you face the teams that they have faced, and it's not getting any easier these next three days. I can tell you that for sure. So I'm not sure if these are the three days this offense is going to break out. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I'm I'm with you in that. I, uh, you know, I have have all the faith in the world in this offense in this lineup. I would be more concerned if the pitching was was a mess right now. And you know what I find interesting. Joe and I think we may have spoken about this. I actually think you <clears throat> you may have talked about this this weekend. But even the games, you know, e- even the games that the Jays have lost, where the bullpen hasn't done the job, and there haven't been a lot of them, but the moves that were made made sense. You know, we can argue about the whole. Then I know Kevin. We, we went back and forth about going with Trent Thornton in that one game instead of. Uh, in, 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 instead of Richards. But other than that, for the most part, the moves that have been made have worked out, and when the bullpen moves haven't worked out, they're still defensible, right? We really haven't had that move, I don't think, that really makes you scratch your head, which suggests to me that Pete and Charlie, that they have a really good handle on, on what this bullpen is all about this year, certainly compared to last year's bullpen. Yeah, and I think that changes day to day, right? I mean, we hear every day some guys might be available, some guys might not be. They got the color coded systems and all. But yeah, I think that Trent Thornton game you're referring to is a game where this is a team that has had to use their high leverage guys a lot. And Trent Thornton had pitched well. And when you pitch well in that mid leverage kind of area, guess what you do? You get uh, you get awarded more leverage when you're needed. So That's why I thought that was a case of you're pitching well. Hey, we're going to try to bump you up here. And, you know, it might not work all the time, but you just can't keep going to your big guys. If you're playing close games and you're tied in the sixth every night, it can't be the same guy. So you have to, you have to go other routes. And that's why this is going to be a marathon and it's, it's a long season for everyone. And that's why the depth of a bullpen is so critical. Um, that's why, you know, I look at the team in town right now, and we, we saw the Yankees earlier, and yeah. holy cow, they just keep coming at you out of that bullpen. Blue Jays maybe do it a little different way, but they've still been been okay to tread water and through this to get through this tough stretch relatively well. Uh, Jay's got to get that starter. You know, you, you can't worry about that bullpen. Uh, look, is there is there something that you've seen with Ross Stripling that stands out to you that may be a difference maker when it comes to just – demeanor on the mound. That's what I see that's a little different. That, that's why he's throwing a little hard. There's conviction in every single one of his pitchers in, in his pitches. Do you, do you know why that is? You know, Kev, I think when I especially look at that last game, it, it really stood out because you're right. He was pitching with an air of confidence and it looked really well. And he used the fastball a little bit more, which, you know, it can be up there at times. Um, he's, we wouldn't call him a power pitcher by any means, but the way he used the fastball changeup combination, like let's, let's just say he doesn't have that same curveball he had earlier in his career, right? It's just not the yeah. same anymore. So he's shying away from it. And I be honest with you, going back to that game, it's funny you mentioned that in the first inning, Devers hit the RBI double and it was on a one, two curveball. And as a catcher, I never liked breaking out the first curveball in a critical time. You know, it's not his best pitch by any means. It's probably mm-hmm. his third pitch, maybe his fourth pitch right now. And you break it out against a really good hitter in the first inning with a runner in scoring position. I like to maybe flip it in there. First pitch to a lefty. I mean, if he jumps you, he jumps you. But, I mean, get a feel for it at least. So that that part I didn't like, but I'm not going to nitpick. Five innings, one run's a pretty nice job. So I, I think the the way he complemented the fastball changeup combo, they had a couple lefties, but he'll throw the changeup to righties too. It'll be an interesting game plan against a lineup like this 
because yeah, you're going to be battling for survival, trying to get through this lineup. But I, I think he'll use that slider more too. I thought the slider was a little inconsistent for him in that game. It was doing different things at times. And I asked him about that. I asked him if, you know, some guys will manipulate their slider to break different ways and do different things. And he kind of chuckled. He said, no, that wasn't by design. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just comes out of his hand differently. And, you know, that's probably not a great thing. And that's why he chuckled, because if it doesn't come out of your hand, right, you might be hanging it in the middle of a plate. And you don't want to be doing it against the Yankees. But I think the fastball changeup was interesting. And I just wonder if we might see a number of changeups, even against righties in this Yankees lineup tonight, because he had such a good feel for it, the way it complemented the fastball. Alejandro Kirk is, you know, always been known as a hitter first guy. I, I wonder and I want your opinion on this because you used to try and catch and, and be a, a, a decent player on both sides of the ball. Is it too much to ask him to carry a rotation, get arms through big times of games, and, oh, by the way, once you go up and hit a, a two-run double? Is it too much to ask? Do you think that's why we're seeing a little bit of the, the slide when it comes to his offensive side of the ball? I think the slide, let's deal with that first. I think the slide on the offensive side is going to be fixable because we've seen him really good. And, you know, he's got a short track record at the major league level, but he's hit everywhere. And the first part of what you said, you're kind of, they're asking him to do an awful lot. And that's Mm -hmm. tough on a young kid right now to carry this pitching staff that has World Series expectations. So you've got all that on your plate. And when you think about his offense sliding, it could be coincidental. It could be part of the focus he's putting on his defense and game calling and all that. But, you know, if you look at his, his record coming up in the minor leagues, this is the first time it looks like he's really struggled. Yeah. And that, to me, is probably the biggest challenge. And, uh, you know, I don't know Alejandro that well. Whenever I see him around, it's, it's a quick little. He's a quiet, very timid, laid-back kid. I'm sure he's working at this hitting thing. It, to me, he's just a tick off. Like, some of the swings aren't bad at all, but it seems like he's just a little bit, whether that's a little drift forward where he's just missing that. I thought uh, an at-bat against, it was the Red Sox I go back to, I think it was Whitlock. He pounded him in with a couple fastballs, and I think that's where he is susceptible because of that little drift forward. And then he threw him a 0-2 breaking ball, and that's just, to me, a case of pitchers trying to get too smart. Yep. And he did him a favor at the bottom of the zone. He hit an RBI yep. single. I think you help a hitter when you do that. What I'm seeing right now, he's not handling the heater in. And when he's playing against these Yankees, let's just watch how they pitch. I bet he's going to get some heaters in because they're going to challenge him. But big part of it, Kev, I think is he's got so much on his plate right now. And, hey, we'd, I think right now we'd love to see him catching five days a week and be the number one guy with Jansen out. But physically, they're not doing that to him. And I, that's been a message in itself. I don't believe he's caught. Behind the dish started three days in a row this year. So oh, what's that? No, he is not. Do do the math. I mean, clearly they're guarding him or protecting him or worried about his his health. So it's it's unfortunate because it would have been nice if he could just step right in there and and play four or five days a week. No, I watched George Springer this year, and I, I talked about this in Blue Jays talk yesterday. And I admit it's kind of you know hindsight is it's, it's pointless, but. I look back at last year's Blue Jays team and I just ask myself, what would that team have been like with the full year of George? I think they make the playoffs with the full year of George last year. I think you can pretty much say that. Look, he's got a big contract. He's got a big reputation. He's making a lot of money. But I, I do have to tell you, Joe, his impact on this lineup and his impact on the way the game is played in the field still, it doesn't astound me. But every now and then, it surprises me how impactful, just how much better this team is with him in the lineup and him at center field. It just looks better. It plays better. The game goes better. 
He's, he's a superstar, and you can see all of the other hitters feeding off of him. But, you know, in terms of last year, I, I, that's not even close if he's healthy all year. He's ma- they're making the playoffs. And it's one game. And I think he – you could argue that he just won the last two games against Houston with yeah. his home runs and then that catch in right field. You know, they slide him over to right field, and Charlie had mentioned this the other day. It's, it's to t- kind of give him a little bit of a breather because you do so much running in center field. And then – Who'd have thought he's making a game-saving running catch into the wall in right field? So yeah, some of the plays he's made has been fantastic, and uh, just he, he is who he is. He's a superstar atop the Blue Jays lineup, and you know some may not like the aggressive approach for a leadoff hitter, but I'll tell you what: when that lineup's turning over and George Springer's coming up, I don't think there are too many people complaining. And uh, yeah, to start at the top of the lineup like that, it's just uh, it, this is why you, you make so much money. This is why the Blue Jays went out and did it because you feel that this is the impact he can make, and he's certainly doing it. Vladdy, one for twenty in his last five games. You seen anything that's alarming? I, I see he's late with his. I, I call it fluition of his gather. Blair laughs at me yeah. all the time, but that's sort of what yeah. it is. That they work together, and when they're not working together, he's playing catch up late on the heater out in front of the breaking ball. That's why you see the ground ball. You see the little pop up to over the over the dugout the first base side there are you seeing anything that's alarming to you no i nothing's alarming when it comes to Vladdy and you said it have i i i mean the simple word is timing if you want to just use that I, you know as as a hitter if you're not quite right with your timing when that foot comes down in your trigger getting to your load it's just it's so little with him that yeah it's not uh, not concerning at all and of course He's not himself because he's a little frustrated too. What we saw the other day, you know, and that that's going to happen. I, I think what happens as, as hitters, and it doesn't matter if you're a superstar hitter or or if I'm trying to survive hitting ninth in the in the National League, <laughs> is it's you go through stretches, right? Think back to to your career. You go through stretches for like two weeks where it's like, my God, I have not gotten one pitch to hit, and then you go through stretches where guys are throwing you balloon balls all left, right, and center. So, I mean, it's a little credit sometimes to what pitchers are doing to him, but. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think these stretches will last real long for Vladdy because he's so darn good, and uh, I have no problem. And now again, it's so he's coming into this series, maybe not quite himself, but he's going to see it again. This is going to be a tough three days for Blue Jays hitters, and I don't want to give the Yankees pitchers too much credit here, but the bullpen is high powered, a lot of high octane down there. You're right on. You got to get to the starter. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing is the starter has been pitching well, so. Uh, you know, that Montgomery's going to live off the curveball changeup combination, I think, against these right-handed batters, and, and hopefully they can sit on one of those pitches. You know, uh, Pat Tabler made an interesting observation yesterday about um, about Kevin Gossman and talking about sort of, I think he, he called it the secret to Kevin Gossman. But and I went back after Pat said it, and I looked at I looked at the you know the pitch by pitch of the game, and because I. Kevin is basically a two-pitch guy. He throws another pitch, but I call him mostly a two-pitch guy. His ability to change sequences, to vary the sequence of his pitches, I, I, I understand Hyunjin Ryu is a guy, you know, Buck Martinez always talks about sequencing is so important to him. But how, how on earth in this day and age of video, Joe, you would have seen this as a catcher. How on earth can a guy get by with essentially, essentially two pitches and just kind of changing, you know, changing his patterns? I'd love to know what that split looks like from the batter's box mm-hmm. because I guarantee it looks just like the fastball. Uh, early in the ball game, it was it was interesting that he was using the sequencing you're referring to, a couple fastballs in the top, or top part of the zone, like to Brantley, then splitter away. Mm-hmm. 
and he rolls over. Now you're O two, you're battling that stuff. Did the same thing to uh, Alvarez, and then Guriel came up, same thing, couple fastballs, yeah. and then he threw another heater and just froze him. So I mean, again, you get ahead like he does. It's it's amazing to me that these hitters aren't. they're trying to, but they aren't squaring up his fastball early in the count. So he gets these fastballs to get ahead of the count. And then of course, because he's pounded the zone so much, he's got hitters right where they want him because they're behind in the count. They're thinking about the splitter. And even when they're thinking about the splitter and get it, they can't lay off it, which again, it tells you how nasty that is. I remember Pedro Martinez's changeup. Like it, it was like this little balloon thing, but it looked like his, 95 plus coming in, right? It's just so difficult for hitters. So you don't think that Houston Astros hitters didn't have a game plan going in against Kevin Gosman, and then he just carves them up like they've never seen him before, and they have no idea what he's going to do to them. That's just the ultimate compliment to a pitcher. Yeah, I uh, I have to tell you, I the the games they've played against the Astros this year have been. I don't want to get cliche-ish here. It's, they've been really good baseball games for the most part. Like, they have been fun to watch. There's lots of defense. There's pitchers attacking hitters. Lots of good pitching. Uh, they, it, would be, it would be a tremendous playoff series. I would, love last, to, I would love to see these guys have a playoff series together. These last two games were just two of the best baseball games we've seen in a long time. Like, yeah. I'm, I know everybody wants offense and home runs, but, man, if you can't appreciate – Three two and two one. Those were they were well pitched. There were there was a lot going on, and uh, those to me those are every bit of exciting as exciting as watching a ten to nine game. Absolutely, Joe. We're going to let you scoot. Thanks for your time as always, my friend. Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. Joe Siddle of Blue Jays Central, and of course the Jays game tonight is at seven oh seven. It'll be on Sportsnet One, uh, Sportsnet five ninety. The fan will have the game uh, as well as we always do. Um, there is that small matter of the Leafs starting their playoff run. Who? Oh. This is the year. The year for what? This is the year for the Leafs. <laughs> yes. Maybe not. For all Leafs Michelle's. fans, I hope so. Yeah. I, oh, Jesus, Jesus, just win a series. Just win a series. I don't think that's good enough this year. It hasn't been for the last three years, but it's a start. That's that's probably the uh, the best way. It's probably the best way to put it. We had Steve Sparks on the Astros radio analyst. Um, it was just after I think it was just after George Springer was signed, and he was talking about Springer and how, to Steve's mind, he was a better right fielder. Remember that conversation? He was the better defensive right fielder and the defensive center fielder, and he thought that ultimately. To extend his career, you'd probably have to move him to right field. You see that? You're nodding. Like, can you, you? You can see that, can't you? And I not this year, not next year. I, I, the Blue Jays are going to try and keep him on the field by moving him to right field, and hopefully, don't have to dive all over the right. place, sort of like he did yesterday. He has he. What he does for me is he is a very very good route runner, and he is very smart when it comes to Do those routes. Pitch setup. Those routes look different in at. Let me rephrase that. Those routes look different from center field than they do from right, though, don't they? Like they're completely not, not really. Really, it, it's okay. ang- it's angles uh, off the bat. It's okay. knowing the count. It's knowing who's hitting. Bregman, no, two strikes inside out the ball. He knows that ball's going to tail away from him. Yeah. The route's got to run a little different than earlier in the count. He might think he catches that a little more out front 
that ball might be in the gap. It's a little bit more straighter, right? The route's a little different. You thought that ball, you straight. thought that was a double, oh, didn't you? Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Oh, hell I yeah. Sure, I sure did. And when he times his jump up like that, it's, you can tell why the Blue Jays backed the Brinks truck up to give him what he wanted. It's, yeah, how do you keep him on the field? That's the question. Are you, I don't want to say baby him, but you're going to have to wrap him in bubble wrap because he, he's a very aggressive player. He's going to run the bases like his hair's on fire. He's playing defense the same way. He hits like he hits. The takes that he takes are aggressive sometimes, yeah. like his aggressive take. And the only thing I think of is the hip turning and the, you know, the rib thing. And I, uh, yes, you just because uh, if they lose him for, for a long period of time, the team's going to look a whole lot different. Who's leading off? How much more pressure is that put on Bo? Yada, yada, yada down the stretch. So we will knock on wood that that doesn't happen. But you can see why just everything he does and pre-pitch setup. He's a very smart player. There's only so many times that a outfield coach, Mark Bozinski, can go, move here, next pitch, move there. No, you, every once in a while you got to take it upon yourself to know the situation. And we've seen him right before the pitcher is releasing the baseball, he moves in center field. Mm -hmm. You know why he moves that late? Don't want to give it away to the to the hitter because if I'm hitting, I can look uh, right above the pitcher and see that he's moving one way or the other. That would tell you location of pitch and where that pitcher's trying to go. It's little things like that, and I'm sure he's doing the exact same thing in right field. You can't teach experience. You're you're seeing it with Bo now a little bit when it comes to handling failure. I had issues with it. Name a player, a young player who's had success and most of the time has always had it, and then you struggle at the big league level. Early in the season, when you're supposed to not be struggling, and I, I've said, I saw, I said this to you yesterday after the game. Look who they go to when they're struggling: Vladdy, Lourdes, <clears throat> Bo, Springer. So, yeah, they all, they're always around him, holding up the iPad, flipping it, saying, "Look what I see," which for me is a no-no. The iPad's a yeah, yeah but that's, that's a crutch. I think it, there's only so many times you can see bad things. That's the only reason you're looking at that's, it. That's 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 a new new age baseball though. That's that's there's no point in railing against the iPad. That's kids are visual learners most of them, right? I, maybe. There are two teams in Major League Baseball with 16 wins. Both of them reside in New York. They are, of course, the Yankees, who are in town for a three-game series starting tonight, and the Mets. So let's take a look at the state of baseball in New York, focusing, of course, on the Yankees. John Heyman of the New York Post and MLB Network joins us next. We've also got Jay's tickets to give away, as per usual. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.